Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Walkie Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. Hello, hello guys. Welcome in to Walkie Talkies Podcast, man. This is WTZE16. We got a two-part series today here on the College Athletes Network featured on iHeartRadio with one of, if not the most famous and legendary walk-ons the world has ever known, the man himself, Rudy Rudiger. I'm your host, Noah Bono, and man, I'm really happy to be here today and putting out this two-part series episode with Rudy. It's just crazy, man. You know, this is a walk-on podcast, guys. Like, we focus on the journeys and the successes of uh, college athletes, former and current walk-ons and their journeys as walk-ons and what they do uh, later in life and the successes that they have that are correlated directly with the walk-on journey, man. And and that's literally Rudy. Like, the guy was a walk-on, had trials and tribulations, but ultimately, had his one shining moment and it he was able to turn that journey that he had those two years into a movie into a lifelong inspirational story and that's where we're at today man like the man the myth the legend like rudy rudiger like the ultimate walk-on the epitome of walk-ons man like the guy at the forefront of the walk-on journey man joined the podcast so what a time so i'll explain the structure of the episode briefly so listeners can kind of know what to expect to hear from both episodes but Essentially, we go chronologically, you know, from him leaving the Navy and his work at an industrial plant to going to Holy Cross and then into his Notre Dame journey and just everything that came inside that journey as a walk on there. Part two is heavily focused on the making of the movie and how Rudy went about selling the film and the hoops that he had to jump through and the people he had to connect with just to get that all in play and getting Notre Dame on board uh, and then touching on some of the comments that people have made throughout the years about what's true and what's not true. Uh, All that's coming in part two and so much more that I'm not even mentioning. However, guys, it's freaking Rudy. I I mean, I couldn't be more excited. I could have listened to the man talk all day. He's got so much great perspective and just so much wisdom on all sorts of things that help propel his journey more and more. And so I'm just so grateful and excited that he shared it all on the podcast. And lastly, if you guys could just remember to subscribe to Walkie Talkie's podcast and download the episodes and leave the show, leave some episodes, a review. You can drop some stars. You can write a little comment. Those things are really, really appreciated. They do a lot for the show. So I want to thank you guys in advance for that. And that's it. Time for me to shut the hell up. You know the drill. So here's part one of my conversation with the legend, Rudy Rudiger. How are you, sir? Thank you for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Uh, I can't it. believe I got to you, brother. <laughs> you were on Safari, right? Yeah, and then it says Google Chrome. And yeah. Anyhow, we're here. That, that's what counts. Yeah. Um, now, hey, where'd you go to school? 
Uh, so I went to, uh, I actually went to three colleges. I'm from New Jersey yeah. and I went to two, two colleges out in Jersey. Uh, one for two years. I went to Ryder university. I went to Ramapo for a year and then I, I'm currently in Pittsburgh. I just graduated from Duquesne. Good for you. So you've been on a little yeah. journey. A big journey. You yeah, got I a walked good on voice a... for the radio. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've been on a, quite the, quite the walk on journey. Yeah, that's what's that's inspired sure. me to, yeah. um, start this show. So, uh, with guests, I kind of like to start the interviews like from right where their walk-on journeys began. Mm -hmm. And for you, there was a slight pause after high school. Mm -hmm. You enlisted into the Navy. I think it was for two years. And then you did some industrial work after that right. going before going to college. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. Uh, it, it's a little kind of confusing at first because uh, of the academic status that I had from high school. Uh the, the, the dream wasn't realistic, basically, but uh, the feeling was there. So we could talk about all that. How do you make that feeling into something real? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you you go to Holy Cross after you get denied from Notre Dame a couple times mm -hmm. and you spent two years there and you finally get in, accepted into Notre Dame. How many times did you apply to Notre Dame and how old were you at that point yeah. when you spent your last two years at Notre Dame? I was Dame? 25 my last two years, 27 wow. when I graduated. But but the story wow. really begins back when going to church with my family because uh, I'm one of 14 and and my dad worked right. three jobs. The only time he was happy <laughs> is when Notre Dame won. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you were if you would go to Notre Dame as a little Catholic boy, you're going to heaven. And I think everybody right. wanted to go to heaven at that point. But anyhow, that's where it kind of started. Also, it was it came out that you were kind of struggling with dyslexia, correct? And it was like yeah, dyslexia was a learning disorder. No one understood, and that was very painful because no one understood why you couldn't read, why the other kids could read or pay attention, and it was all because of dyslexia. And you find out later once once you end up going where no one knows you and people uh, expect you to do uh, good things. It was the Navy, and you you don't have anybody critiquing you. You don't have anybody putting you in a position of, I, I call, resentment and or embarrassment. They just expect you to work as a team and collaborate as a team, and boy, what a difference. And that, that's where I understood. I just got duped by my education. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know to help you get to what you need to know. <laughs> you know? Right. And that, that's right. the key. But education is very good and very powerful. Uh, you have to, if you're going to be a doctor, you better, you better know your stuff or an accountant or a lawyer. Or, but, you know, I'm not going to be neither of those. So why do I need to get all those courses that are wasting my time and energy when I could be learning things that develop my skill? I, I didn't understand that. But today, what's interesting, I'm in with a group of people developing charter schools for skill sets like uh, aircraft mechanics, uh, autom automotive mechanics, wood shop, metal shop, welding, cosmetology, uh, anything the kid needs to have a skill so he can walk out and have a job. And uh, right. that's what was kind of interesting when I was going to school they kind of put that down because you weren't taking chemistry you were taking woodshop they made fun of you kids made you feel mm -hmm. bad but that was education that that right. was the pain but you realize years later hey that's what we need we need our kids right. to have a skill and but I had I had to learn everything the hard way which is probably what I needed so I wouldn't be entitled to anything I had to work for it so the dyslexia definitely impacted you from Holy Cross to Notre Dame and beyond, or was there a point where you kind uh, of... I think when I came home from the Navy, it wasn't that I was looking for Holy Cross. Uh, when my friend died at the factory, he and I had a conversation always. Uh, he was in the Navy as well. And he says, I'm wasting my time here. You're talking about going to places like Notre Dame. Why are you still here? And I would say because I, I'm not academically you know, qualified to go to Notre Dame. He said, that's a bunch of nonsense. And he would always say that. 
said, look at you. Look at the work you're doing here. You got to be smart to do what you're doing. Yeah, well, on paper, I'm not. He says, yeah, well, don't live in regret, son. And uh, you should be out of here doing your dream. Well, then he dies. And that's the message loud and clear. Don't live in regret. No shortcuts. Left my job. Went towards Notre Dame to find out what I needed to do to get there. That's a big difference. I already knew why I couldn't. Now, what do I need to do to get there? And then all of a sudden there's, when your mind is cleared and the clutter's away and the goofy thoughts are away, the answers are right in front of you, but you have to recognize them and be open to them. The little junior college right across the street from Notre Dame, that was Holy Cross. And at that time, there was like 100 kids. And because Mm of that, uh, I walked into that little junior college, seeing what I could do to get there. Uh, I started talking about my past and the little brother at the time, he was in the Navy, just like I was. And he and I connected. He said, no, what you need, Rudy, is a game plan. And what you don't need is to live in your past. That's over. Let's look at what we can do now so we can move forward. I said, okay, let's do it. Never ask me again. What? said, all you need is, if you, you need to work hard. I think you can do that, your work ethic, or you wouldn't have accomplished what you accomplished in the Navy. I said, that's right. So the other thing is, if you don't know something, ask for help. I said, I always did when I was in the Navy. He said, yep, that's collaboration. So you got those two down. If you use those two skills, we'll go into Notre Dame and I'll endorse you, but you can't go there unless I endorse you. But what he didn't know, I wanted to play football there. So I had to get there much quicker than he wanted me. So I had to learn patience and learn about failure in a different way. And every time I got rejected, I just went back to what more can I do? So that helped me get to Notre Dame because one, uh, they got to know you. They got to know your passion, your commitment. They also found out you deserve to go there because uh, of your heart. And you're not going to fail. You're not going to let people down. And they recognize that. They saw the character and commitment and the courage in you without saying it. And that's what Mm -hmm. the Navy leadership taught. Uh, It's just there. The energy is there. And the winners recognize that. And Notre Dame recognized that. And that's why they let me in. And it was as smooth as you could be. Uh, There were certain challenges, yes. But you, you don't look for the issues. You handle the issues as they come. So that's important. People always try to steal your joy or steal um, steal everything about what you want to do because they don't see you as a success. They see you as a failure. Well, if you don't fail, you're not trying. So failure is not a bad thing. It's a good thing if you're trying and you learn from your failures. All the people who called you a loser they're the loser because that, that's the guy you don't want to be around anyhow uh, so you want to be around winners and that helped me get to notre dame as well there's so many little moments of i you know today i still pinch my i just left a, a conversation with notre dame about a half hour ago they're showing the movie to the kids every year and david ann's father director uh, wants to introduce the movie to the student body. And the, they showed it in the stadium. About 10,000 people show up, maybe more. But I, I think because the kids bring the message of Rudy to school with them, it, the, the movie makes a lot of sense because I'm not a celebrity or a star or an All-American or a Hall of Famer or not going to go to any NFL team at that time. I was just Rudy living my dream for that one moment. And I had that one moment. And most kids would love that one moment as well. But they quit along the way because of information they're given about themselves or people mm-hmm. telling them. I'll never forget when I walked in Hollywood, you don't make movies out of your, you don't walk in here and make movies out of your your journey. <laughs> you only made a tackle. What's, there's no story there. That just goes to show you, just got to keep moving forward and keep talking to people that want to listen. A lot of people don't want to listen because they feel they have the answers anyhow. Well, that's just a flag of telling you, move on, bro. And I did, but that took a lot of patience 
and uh, a lot of understanding of the message, uh, but more importantly, the patience you needed. And it doesn't happen in your time anyhow. It happens in God's time. Once you understand that, see, I'm a man of faith. Uh, it has nothing to do with Catholicism. Any, just a man of faith. And that's mm-hmm. important because when things got hard, you didn't ask for help. You just prayed that, you know, make sure I do the right thing, the right thoughts. And that always paid off because your mind was clear. It's always good to clear your mind from the clutter because it's easy to collect clutter, man, uh, from your friends, from your relatives, from your even your spouses, even. You'd be surprised because they live in doubt. Why They live in fear. That's how our society works, fear. When I was in high school, it was a fear factor. Middle school, fear factor. If you don't do your homework, you, you're not going to be anybody. If you don't understand how to do your homework, you're stupid. Uh, if you ask mm-hmm. questions, you're dumb. <laughs> you know, what, what is that? If you go to church and talk to somebody, you turn to stone. If you turn around in church, your ears will fall off. Crazy, right. stupid thoughts. And, and you were very impressionable at the time. Those are things you got to wipe off and wipe out of your mind and how people perceive you through how they perceive themselves. So so with your, with your fear thing, Mm-hmm. You know, middle school, high school, I, yeah. you know, I, I very much relate to that because I've, I've been on this journey of like conquering my own fear yeah. that I feel like I grew up with, you know. So when you had your fear, did it weigh in and did it pour over into your Notre Dame time like when you were, you know, because you, you were actually a decent football player, you led your high school team in tackles your last mm-hmm. two years uh, while you played cornerback and then you get to Notre Dame and it's like, you know, you just wanted to be a part of it. Just, you know, wanted contribute. to play one moment. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to contribute. Yeah, yeah. Right? So that was the big difference. You know, that is so important that you understand this because I'm not going to go there, be no all American. I'm not going to start, but I can contribute. And all I want right. to do was contribute to a tradition and to a school that I could be part of. And they still will not let you do that. They will resist you. And, uh, but that made why, why is that? Uh, why, why, so, so your time at Notre Dame, why did they? It's entitled athletes. The All-Americans, they, they recruit the best of the best. And you're not one of them. You're wasting our time here. What are you doing out here? And you can't, you have right. to ignore that. Uh, it's like going into Hollywood. What are you doing? You're not a Sylvester Stallone or, you you, you, you know, you're, you don't have a good story. Everybody made a tackle. But, you know, you got to find the right person to give that story too that was the challenge because every, everybody uh feels like they know more than you and mm-hmm. you're gonna find out just like like one of you have a great voice for radio and you have a great understanding and you ask good questions and you listen and you come back and ask another good question that's a skill see that's a skill you can't teach that's because you've been preparing and listening and you've done a lot of work. Like I did a lot of work about how a movie, how a movie works. It's through the storytelling of it. It's through the mm-hmm. adversity, the conflict, and through the end result, through the beginning, how it begin, how it ends, and what's the conflict. And and I think everybody can relate with everyday conflict, and that's what we brought to Rudy: the everyday conflict, self-esteem, right. self-doubt. Not everybody can relate to a kid who has talent who makes it in the major league. I could never make it in the major leagues, but I can contribute, you know, you know, that was the difference. There's 97% of us in America can can connect to that instead Mm -hmm. of the one, 3% of people have the skill and talent. Kobe Bryant says it best. I have all the late Kobe Bryant says it best. He says, I have all the skill and talent. But if I had work ethic like Rudy and worked hard every day and got better, where would I be 20 years from now? Right. All Rudy wanted was his one moment. But he'd look how hard he had to work for his one moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And most people would quit because they don't see the value of it. But Rudy did. Right. And uh, I see my value. Yeah, I made mistakes, but we learned from our mistakes. And I forgive people who put me down, who yelled at me or people who made fun of me. I had to forgive too. I have forgive people who 
And that was the secret. That's a big secret, by the way. That's a secret sauce. Forgiving. Which would for forgiving people. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. man, if you live in, I'll tell you, if you live on that other side, life is miserable. Just be happy that they put you down and put you in a position to make you fight harder. So I always thank mm-hmm. people for that. That means, right. thank God Notre Dame was tough on me. I wouldn't have a yeah. movie, you know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, y'all, quick break from Walkie Talkie's podcast. I know Rudy's been dropping bombs of wisdom here in the first 20 minutes, but let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. And we're back here on Walkie Talkie's podcast with our guest today, Rudy Rudiger. Please remember to subscribe to the show, download the episodes, drop us a comment, drop us a review, follow us on social medias at WTC Podcast. And let's bring back in Rudy Rudiger. So Coach Ara Persian, he, he was actually said to be, uh, he was the head, he was the legendary head coach at the time when you first got there. And he was said to be the one that was actually encouraging two walk-ons and kind of gave you some valuable time with him. And there was... Um, Mike Oriard, he was also a walk-on, got an NFL contract with the Chiefs a couple years prior to your time. Is that is that notion true about Coach Persian that he he was pretty encouraging to you? Uh, I met Coach Persian. Now you'll like this. All right, I showed up at six a.m. in the morning, where he showed up for work, and I didn't know this until I approached him, and I was a little nervous because. It, you know, if I'm going to go to Notre Dame, I got to get that coach to know me because they don't accept junior walk-ons. <laughs> I'm going to be a right. junior. So I got to let him know I'm coming. And as he pulled up in his car, I got really nervous. But at the same time, something inside told me, let him know what you're doing. And as he opened the door, I said, hey, coach, Rudy Rudiger. He said, who? He said, Rudy Rudiger. I was in the Navy. He said, you were in the Navy? So was I. Where'd you serve? And I told him, you know, in the Mediterranean, and I served my, I had my training at Great Lakes, and so did I. He says, when would you get out? I said, just about a year ago. He said, my God. I said, what are you doing here? So I want to try out for the football team. Hey, when you get in, are you at Holy Cross? Is that what you're saying? Said, yes, sir. So when you get in, you come and see me. That was it. He, he wow. Navy connection. 
he knew Instant I had connection. A, yep. Yeah, he knew I had the veteran, uh, you know, the heart, the commitment, the attitude. Uh, so he wasn't looking for my talent. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my! Right. But when I did show up, you still had to earn his respect. You just don't show up because he's Endica, and you and you don't make the team when you show up. You you gotta you know you get second handings second. I mean, it's everything, second or third, everything. And you don't even get to eat with the team after practice because your name is not on the meal list. So you got to talk your way into that. And you don't dress in the football locker, you dress in the baseball locker room. They tried everything to discourage you from being part of that Every, football team. Everything was separated like that? Yeah, that's the way it was. That's Because scholarship players get the locker room. Right. Walk-ons, you have to earn your way into that locker room. You just don't show okay. up and say, "I'm mm-hmm. no, you have to earn your way. Are you willing to pay the price? Uh, a walk-on does everything, uh, hold bags, stand in the cold, and do uh, go through the drills. Uh, and they would always say, you're never going to walk through that. Holy cow. Uh, the, the most important thing is, I think, they just made me realize that some of these guys are lazy. They're just entitled. So I could outwork them. <laughs> right. I can It's funny that you say guys were entitled, you know, back in 1970. Obviously, entitlement has always existed. Yeah, it's but always like, existed. Mm-hmm. I've just wrapped up my five years of playing, and one of the biggest things I've always noticed from my own walk-on position was like, Jesus, look at how entitled all of these guys with scholarships are, yeah. you know, and how easy it is for them to be entitled and not, not even realize the actual good position that they're in right. versus what they could be in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's interesting, you know, that, I don't know, 50 years ago, it was the same mold, but yeah. you guys had it even worse. Like you were, you know, essentially, I don't know how many walk-ons there were with you that were in another locker room with you that didn't dress well, with you. There that were 20 meals. and uh, maybe three ended up staying. It was 20, you said? Yeah, and three guys ended up staying. Wow. So what was like a what was like a day to day for you there that was different aside from the the eating the locker well, here, room and the not I'm dressing? Like, I was so excited just being there because now I'm I'm involved with the best football team in the land. That's how I looked at it. And how many guys would love to be here? But other guys didn't look at it like I looked at it. You know, uh, they looked mm-hmm. at it like uh, they're like they were supposed to be there. No, you're not. You got to earn your way here, dude. You know. Uh, just because right. you were an All-American high school doesn't mean you're going to make it here. Even some of the walk-ons were All-Americans in high school. They think they could show up and uh, make the team. And they get discouraged real easy when things aren't going their way. It's that entitlement attitude. Um, right. And when you don't have that entitlement attitude saying, I have to earn it, it's a whole new ball game. Uh, you look, you appreciate the socks you get. You appreciate the wash in your jock you know, bag. Mm-hmm. You know, all the little right. things that they take for granted. Oh, my God, if I get in the locker room, how awesome would that be? How awesome right. would it be to have gold pants to walk out to practice instead of white pants? How great would it be to have a helmet that fit or shoulder pads that fit? Uh, and they paid attention to you as you walked into the training room and they taped your feet and your ankles like they take the other scholarship players. Mm-hmm. You walked in, they they don't they don't even want you there. That's the feeling right. they give you. But you had they, to, they give you go ahead. Go ahead. No, you yeah, had what? to fight for every little inch of the way. Yeah, so they didn't they gave you that feeling almost all the time all that the they time. didn't want you there. Right. And it was it just an aura or was it sometimes uh, words were being said no, or just, not just, maybe no, not energy, even said? Energy's very strong, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, of like, it, oh, you know, excuse my language, but oh, fuck this guy, like he's nothing uh, to us. It's, like it's, they, you were always looked down upon. Yeah, it's more why sense. it's why you out here, dude. <laughs> like you got no chance. What are you doing? Right? Why? Why are you gonna get killed out here? You know. Now was that predominantly for you because you were five six, one hundred and sixty five pounds, or was that like a, I was older? There's a lot of wannabes that show up. You know. Right. And they and they try to discourage the wannabes, but uh, what Error loved, and what he saw that I I I jumped up when I got hit and came right back at it, and he right. would say, "Man, you guys should be more like Rudy." 
you know, and and mm-hmm. uh, that that came later on though. Then uh, right. they invited me back when he left Notre Dame. A new coach came in. Some of the old coaches stayed with the new coach, and they said we got to keep this walk-on kid Rudy. Mm-hmm. So they invited me back for fall ball. That's when you get your gold pants and your jersey without the name. Only time you get your name on your jersey if you dress for a game. Only time you get okay. in the record book if you stepped on that field playing. Just because you right. dress for a game, you will not get in the record book or you're not be on that football roster unless you play. Isn't that crazy? So you had uh, Coach Era, then you had Dan Devine. Coach Dan Devine. That means you had He was an NFL over. coach. He yeah, came so, from the pros, Green Bay Packers. Yeah, he was with the Packers, right. Yeah. So what was, you know, if any, what was like a difference that you had in your initial conversations and relationships with Coach Parsegian and then Coach Devine? Like what changed? Was it better? Well, was it Parsegian worse? Parsegian totally respected me. And uh, He did. He respected yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, he respected me towards the end. And he was kind of like rooting for me, right? Happy, mm-hmm. uh, not saying he would verbally say, but you could, hey, Rudy, how you doing? You know things like that. He uh, gave you better energy. Better energy. Divine comes in, doesn't know you. He's got to come in and make a difference right away. He can't worry about walk-ons. He's got to worry about scholarships. He's got to worry about kids that can make a difference. So that became another challenge. So you had to redo what you just went through, but now you're part of that team because you're invited back. Uh, for fall football, and now you get a locker room. Now you get the gold pants. Now you're part of it. Now you're treated, and you also get to eat with the team. Your first year was your junior year. You didn't get to eat. You didn't get the locker room. You didn't get the gold pants. But your second year with Coach Devine, which was your senior year, you then earned those three things. Absolutely. And boy, now now you feel better about yourself. And guys start accepting you differently as well. because you're part of the team. You're part of that. Like officially a part of the team. Yeah. So what, okay. So what, what were you doing your first year there? Like, were you just, were you still practicing? Yeah. You hold hold the bag, you know, Okay. whatever they wanted, you know, practice like a a hitting dummy, like run you over or what? Like we need guys over here, hold this bag. You know, we need some scout guys over here and you run over and volunteer for anything. Just volunteer. You know, a lot of standing around too. A lot I'm of sure. standing around. You know, at that time when it's cold out, you don't. You, oh, you, brutal! You, yeah, it's bad because you you don't have the inside to practice, and they make you stand out there, and it's freezing cold, rain, yeah. sleet, all that, and you, mm-hmm. you had to go through all that. While you know, other guys were kind of pampered. You know. Yeah. So second year. You know, those three things change. You get gold pants, you get to be in the locker room, mm-hmm. you get to eat the meals with them, you're on the meal list. Mm-hmm. You're starting to feel more acclimated, more part of the team. Right. What changed in practice? Was it still very well, similar practice role? Because the online says like, oh, you made the scout team. So right. does that the mean scout, like, oh, you were... Scout team is, yeah, the scout team is you get the varsity ready for the game. Right. That's a big, uh, by the way, that's a big responsibility. Let's uh, play in Purdue. You had to be Purdue. You had to learn all their plays. You couldn't learn a Notre Dame plays. You had to know the Purdue plays. So right. you always learn the opponent's plays so they could respond and react differently. The scout players are uh, really, you know, I I respect any scout player because, man, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's tough. So I was going through the same stuff the scholarship, some of the scholarship kids were going through. When they complain, I wouldn't complain and say, hey, man, we're fine. You know, uh, I earn their respect through not saying anything, just working harder. And kids would see that. Some kids would get inspired by that, and they would work hard. But you don't know what kid that you're going to inspire. Uh, the kid that gave up his uniform for me to dress was the captains of the Notre Dame football team because the dress list was cut down by 60 right. kids. Now, Parsegian promised every senior they would dress for their senior day. Mm-hmm. And that's 110 total kids would dress for the, right. now, now we only have 60. I'm not one of the 60 kids. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like I was committed, but going against the grand, you're never going to dress, Rudy. Why are you out here? <laughs> but at the end of the day, they they needed, you know, 
okay, so if they have 60 guys that dress, mm-hmm. those 60 guys, I'm assuming, were guys that were all going to play. So then you said right. you had 110 total. That means you have another 60, 50 to 60 guys on your team that are either all walk-ons or scholarship, scholarship. players who just weren't yeah, good enough to play. And very little walk-ons now because most of the walk-ons don't stay. They quit. They don't stay, right. Don't. So a lot. how do you even get on the scout team if there's a ton more scholarship guys who don't play that would you probably work hard, be on the you scout team? You work harder than that kid. Right. And is that that was the case. You yeah. you jumped the line yeah. to get I on the scout team. I would volunteer and put myself in there when I – you know, you just show up and you get you get yourself involved. Uh, football right. is kind of like that, uh, and coaches like that because they like that energy, spirit, mm-hmm. and get the team rallied up. Not that you were not that you were a raw rock kid. You just put yourself, you know, there to make a difference. Put your body on the line. Yeah. Showed that you're a team first guy. I'm yeah. sure all of those things kind of helped. Now, there paint were some that guys. That, some guys did not like you for that. There Some we, of your teammates. Oh, yeah. We showed it in the movie. Right. That one moment, that's a true moment. But on, mm-hmm. happened there. Always, I'm always getting in fights on the field with guys who don't want to work hard. Uh, I'm over, I'm making them work. Hey, what are you doing? You know? Um, and I, You were a pest. I was on a boxing team at Notre Dame. And I, and I would box and I also beat some of the football players that were also on the boxing team. So I earned a lot of respect there. I, I earned respect little by little by little, uh, and it paid off when it came to my last of my senior game. They one kid gave up gave up his uniform, uh, but the captains went in and talked to uh, the defensive coach, and they went in and talked to Devine and his staff people. Said they need one kid wants to give up his uniform so this Rudiger kid could dress, and they right. allowed that, and. Uh, the kids, I didn't know this, and you never know this because you don't ask guys, hey, do you like me? <laughs> you <don't, laughs> hey, man, am I doing all right? You don't have, you just do your job, pack your lunch bucket, go to work. That's what all I was right. taught, you know? And uh, it's like at the power plant, you go to work, you mm-hmm. do your job. And uh, my friend died at the power plant because he took a shortcut. And I, I made a commitment, no more shortcuts for me, whether it's football, school, or whatever, because you end up in a bad spot. So right. that was a lesson I learned from that moment. But my whole point is, like going to class every day was important. I wouldn't skip class because I don't want to miss out because I couldn't miss out on anything because you know, academically I'm not the smartest kid in that classroom. But I could ask a lot of questions to get through, and that all paid off. So everything pays off by being involved. But you you would say that, like, something that, you know, helped you, but probably during the moment made it more difficult because you were a pest to these guys. You were a hard worker. You got in the way. You opened your mouth. And, yeah, and it bugged them because it was like, look look at this little guy causing problems. Let me read you something Sylvester Stallone said. Okay. I wrote him a letter in 1982 asking him, can you help me get a movie idea made? And he writes me back, not my cup of tea at this time, uh, but good luck. 1993, I meet him at, uh, well, because we're doing a press junket. Fast forward, fast forward, I get the movie made, movie's out. Uh, we're going to promote the movie. And he happens to be part of the uh, studio that I was part of, Sony Pictures. They had Cliffhanger, the movie Cliffhanger. And to make a long story short, Stallone's there with Travolta, and I finally meet Stallone on even playing field, and he respected that because he heard about me trying to get the movie made, knocking doors down like he did, and they respect that. I didn't know that. And he says, I think I like to be remembered as someone who beat the odds through just plain determination. That's what I was... That I was not just dogmatic about the whole thing that I preserved, because I think being somewhat of a pest of life, constantly plaguing, plaguing, and pursuing will bring results. If nothing else, your voice will be heard because you have become such a pain in the ass. Anything to get rid of him. It's that kind of thing. I, you know, it's like that wonderful movie Rudy. You think of that five foot six guy, and I met him. 
He's the only person to be carried off the field at Notre Dame and took a beating only because he was a pest in a positive sense. He pestered life to it, gave in. That's a Stallone quote from his cigar aficionado. And we met, uh, like I said, in uh, L.A. and Vegas, and he respected because he, too, had that same journey. All the underdogs respect that type of That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There are players who respected that as well. But you don't know who that guy is, right? Right. You, yep. you don't go up to your team and say, you're going to carry me off the field, man, if I play? You don't do that. Hey, you're going to get right. me in the game if I suit up? No. You're just happy yeah. to get a jersey with no name and you're suiting up and, you, and you're so excited. You run through that tunnel. Now you want to play, but you can't go up to your team and say, man, I got to play. They put you in the game because the student body chants your name. Not the stadium, and whatever the student body does, the stadium does. So all that's real, you know. That's special. Yeah, it's it's, special. it's it's funny that I, you know, threw the word pest out there, and yeah. and Sylvester Stallone had a direct quote where he was calling you a positive pest. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. super cool. Because yeah, I mean, like it's like this persistent attitude of, you know, if you want to get what you want, you don't really care what's in the way or who's telling you yeah. no. I, you know, that's what I've picked up is that you know. People can tell you and put a limit on you and what they think of you. But, you know, as long as you you think more of yourself, which you clearly thought more of yourself that like, you know, you would put so much into this that you would be deserving of at least one little thing, which is what you were asking for. And, you know, did did quitting ever cross your mind? Like like every day day. it was like, how do I get through this? Uh, That's why you need mentors in your life and friends to push you through those tough times. You can't do this alone. There's yep. no way. That's mm-hmm. why you need good people. One guy or three guys, it doesn't matter. You can't go to the people who doubt you or people who perceive you as, you know, what are you doing here? You stay away from that. That right. not, Like, for an example, you have a great voice, right? And you're smart, and it comes across that way. And and it's almost like, wow, man, that guy's, I like where he's going, and I like listening. You're engaging. But how many people have told you that, you know? I mean, how many people have you gone up to and asked, hey, am I engaging? And do I have a good, you know, it just <laughs> yeah. happens. You understand? Mm-hmm. With passion and, and the fact that we struggled to get on the uh, air today because I don't know anything about Chrome. And I said, oh, Christ, we got Chrome? What's he talking about? <laughs> so I'm messing with my computer and you're sitting there waiting for me. You were patient. Finally, I figured it out. There's a little thing on my computer that says Chrome. So I went there, and there's a little <laughs> box of all these dots. I hit that box, then my email comes up. I said, oh, good. Now I could do it. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but it's just, you know, I speak for a living, Noah. And I, I, I every day yeah. it surprises me the people you reach uh, through this movie you don't know. But you don't ask that either. You just go out there. And you get the best people involved with putting this message across and ordinary people help you get to those people. Uh, and a mailman, a hotel manager helped me get to the right people. But you never know who could help you get there. That's why you don't right. shut the door on anyone. Yeah, it's crazy because I, you know, I always I grew up around and you know, I have great parents yeah. and they've they've always instilled like kind of what you said in the beginning about it isn't always about what you know. It's about who you know. And mm-hmm. I've always, I just love, you know, even when I talk to people, kids who are younger than me and they're trying to like find their way into the basketball world. It's like, listen, man, like it's just about who, you know, if you run into the right person and you have a good first impression, blah, 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 you never know what can come out of it. So I, I, I always, I I love holding on to to stuff like that. So what, what, what did you hold on to in those moments of quitting? Like you said, you had mentors, but you you know, you, you stuck with your faith. Uh, when I was in the military, Navy, that you know, it's not easy being in the middle of the ocean seasick. <laughs> you yeah. got to perform your duty. And, man, wars going on during Vietnam, and you're in the middle of the Jordan crisis, and you don't know whether you're gonna, they're going to sink the ship or you just do your job. Don't worry about it, all that crazy stuff. It hasn't happened, has it? No, it hasn't. We live in an illusion, a lot of us. We, 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 we create fear uh, and we create all these uh, mental blocks that stop us from doing great things. That's why 
you can't allow fear in your mindset uh, or doubt. You got to get rid of all that. Just do what you're supposed to do and the rest will take care of itself. And that's what I believe in. Um, I had a kid who played basketball for LSU as a walk-on. Um, Brandon Landry, he owns like 80 restaurants. The walk-on's bistro, right? Yeah, walk-on. He's a good kid. You should yeah. interview him. We tried getting him on the podcast. Didn't didn't work out. Why? But ho- I mean, it still could be up in the air. Uh, we got in touch with his people. And well, then, listen, I'm going to um, give you Brandon. You know what? I'm going to make sure he gets on your part. I will make sure of that. I appreciate it. You know that. what happens when, you know, they, you know, Brandon's a great guy. And I'm sure he's super. No, he's, I'm and sure. he would love to talk to you. And I think you would have a lot in common. All right, Walkie Talkies, last quick break coming up, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to really tie in the end of Rudy's Notre Dame journey. He's going to touch on the stigma of walk-ons and if you know where it kind of originated from back in his day in the 1970s. And just so much cool stuff to kind of wrap up part one of the episode. That's coming right up here on Walkie Talkies Podcast. Please make sure you are subscribed to the show. Follow us on social medias at WTZ Podcast. Leave the show a review. Any of the three. If you only want to do one, pick one. I'll be fine with any of the three of those that you choose. I thank you. And we'll be right back. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. And Walkie Talkies podcast on the College Athletes Network is back Home stretch of part one with our guest, Rudy Rudiger. Let's get right back into it. What would you say, like, you know, you you had some back and forth with your teammates and you were pesty and, mm-hmm. and there was all these kind of stuff going on and they have this stigma around you of like, what are, what are you doing here? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Would you say, I don't know how up to date you are with the current, you know, uh, world of walk-ons and how they are treated and what's gotten better and what's changed and what's stayed the same, but w- would you say that the stigma around walk-ons you know that you dealt with have changed ex- exists still today no. in, cer- in a certain capacity a certain capacity but it's totally different they look at what 
a preferred walk-on. That's the difference. Yes. A preferred walk-on. A regular walk-on, uh-uh. They don't treat you like a preferred walk-on. A preferred walk-on is, hey, we like you to come out and try. But when you're just a regular walk-on, they don't ask you to come. Well, you, you're going to. You got to try out. Yeah, yeah. That, then you got to go through that, that, you know. I've been, yeah. Yeah. The, it, the rigorous. The, yeah. Of that crazy. Just even being treated like an equal person. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's a lonely so, feeling. Yeah, it's very lonely. And it's mm-hmm. like scary because you're like, I know what I want out of this, but I think that there's too many weighing factors that are making Correct. this feel like it's entirely impossible yeah. to do. Um, and that's yeah. when, when you're 18 or 19 years old, uh, you know, fortunately for you, you were a little bit older and you had a lot more experience under your belt being in the Navy right. and things like that. But if I, if I were to bring it to my own experience as like a 19, 20 year old, like I was petrified of like, wait, of these course. people are telling me I can't do this. Right. So that must mean I can't do it. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like right. you didn't have the perspective right. to know anything else. That, that's the problem. Your high school coach could have been a goofball right? Or teachers could have been bad. I just experienced a young boy at Notre Dame about uh, right before the summer break. Um, I was giving a speech at Notre Dame. I noticed uh, his mother and him were sitting in the restaurant where I was sitting. He had a Notre Dame boxing hat on him, Notre Dame boxing shirt, but it didn't look like a friendly conversation. It looked like there's a little stress there. And so I kind of walked over and, and I said, just to calm the feelings down because the mother looked upset and uh, I said, Oh, wow. They're going through something. I said, Hey guys, how you doing? Oh, fine. I said, Tom, I don't know his name was Tom. I said, you box for Notre Dame? He says, yeah. And the mother says, not anymore. Oh, I said, why? What happened? <laughs> he just failed out of Notre Dame. <laughs> I said, he did. Can I sit down here? I said, I went to uh, the same type of failing What's your name, son? Says Tommy. Said Tommy, uh, you you want to go back to Notre Dame? Said yes, I do. I said okay. Well, you mind if I sit down? I'll give you a game plan because that what was given to me at Holy Cross Junior mm-hmm. College when I walked in was a game plan. I never had a game plan until I saw the gentleman who gave me a game plan, and I says I have a little experience with that, ma'am. Uh, I went to Holy Cross and I transferred to Notre Dame, but it wasn't easy for me. Oh. My God, there's, you're not Rudy, are you? Because they know who you are now. I said, right. Holy Cross transfer. And I said, yes, I am. She said, oh, my God, how can you help Tommy? I said, it's going to be up to Tommy. Number one, not up to you or me. It's going to be totally up to Tommy. I said, Tommy, mm-hmm. you want to go back to Notre Dame? She said, yeah. All right, here, first step you do is uh, you can go back to your counselor, go back to the people who failed you at the admissions, and uh, – you're not going to ask them what you did wrong. You already know what you did wrong. You didn't do your work or you failed. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why you failed. What was the reason? He said, I was locked in my room for 18 days because of COVID. I have, and the mother said, he has ADH. He went, he went crazy. I said, I understand mm-hmm. that. So that's, that's all right. We're going to overcome that. I said, but you're going to go back and find out what you need to do now to get back in. That's number one. Then you're going to come back to my speech. Come back here in my speech, number two. Where do you live at? He says, Long Island, New York. I said, good. I can help you. I have a friend that's athletic director. You can go back this summer, and you're going to help this fall. It was because he was let go in the middle of the semester. So you're going to go back, and you're going to intern for my buddy that's an athletic director there while you're taking the courses you're supposed to take. And you're going to do all that because you need a job because you're going to learn how to manage your time. He said, well, you do that? I said, yes. All right. Then you come to my speech and we'll go from there. And uh, he just got back readmitted to wow. Notre Dame uh, for this semester. And, you know, the reason, and here's why, because I saw, let me, let me just, um, th- this is important because he was ready to give up. And just like many times I wanted to give up. But I didn't give up because someone come and saved me, you know? And I saw, mm-hmm. boy, he needs that. Let me read you this real quick. Say, hey, Rudy, how are you? We are at Notre Dame now. I can't believe the day is finally here. Although Tommy was home for seven months, it was so quick, but it's so good to be back. You always seem to come into our lives. 
at the most opportune times. After not texting for weeks, you choose you chose the day we were leaving for Notre Dame to send these pictures. I always feel like it's a sign. I meant to text you two days ago, but my luggage was lost and I had no clothes or toiletries when we arrived in Chicago, so I had to run to Target, blah, blah, blah. Needless to say, my luggage has been found and things are looking brighter. Tommy is at brunch now for readmitted students. Isn't that great? Wow, that's great. Uh, Special. I am thankful Notre Dame has given him another chance. I pray he succeeds because I know he belongs there. Here's a perfect SAT, perfect A student in high school, captain of his Mm -hmm. hockey team, blah, blah, blah. And just at one little moment, he had ADH, he couldn't handle that. And no one come to his rescue to help him. You understand? Mm -hmm. Where I had friends at Notre Dame, whether he was a janitor, whether he was a student, whether he was a tutor, all helped me get through those moments because we all have them. He didn't have that. And I said, you need, you, you, you and I need to connect. And that's how it all happened. I didn't pester him. I'm just telling We kept in Mm -hmm. touch. He worked for my friend as an intern. I got great high grades from that. And he did well to get back into Notre Dame. But how many times, how many times have you seen as a walk-on in basketball that someone kept you going? Not many. Not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> but that one person who had, right? Yeah. It gets you through your moments of doubt, gets you through your moment. Maybe I am contributing. Yep. See, the yep. contribution attitude was I that came into my mindset. Mm-hmm. Very important for me. So you ultimately have your one shining moment that you dreamed of. And you said you didn't want to be an All-American. You kind of just wanted to step on the field for Notre Dame football, even if it was literally for just one second. And you, you got the chance to do it. We all know the you know, memorable moment. Did you ever think that when you got the chance to dress for that Georgia Tech game uh, that you would actually get in the game? Like, did you think oh, during I that time, it. like, I'm going to play? Oh, yeah, absolutely, because I went to practice every day like I was supposed to play. I practiced right. like an All-American, but I'm no All-American. So, Something funny about that that I think it when I was uh, I was listening to some of your YouTube interviews and I was I was reading stuff and and they said that uh, the coach was just going to throw you in on offense right. and you said no, no, no and no, then no. No, not... you end up going in on the kickoff yeah. and then you play defensive end. How like you you clearly didn't really have a set position, I didn't. right? Ross so you Brown just... and those guys put me in the game. Go for me, just go, Rudy. I don't know where to go. It's just just go, go at defensive end. So I went in. Uh, and you know, the rest is history. One of the most memorable iconic plays with you sacking the quarterback, you know, 100, 165 pounds, 5'6. I was back in high school. Was... Oh, you're 200 pounds. All right, so yeah. they lie about it. Yeah, you were stocky well, no, at Notre Dame. I lifted weights, got you know, yeah, you had to absorb the shock. In high school, was yeah, the... one right? So they didn't they didn't upgrade your your <laughs> your college stats. Right. I was no. when I was reading them, like, there's no, no way he no stayed. Way. No way. There's no way. No. So a couple quick things just before we wrap up part okay. one here. Do you remember the feeling when it happened? When yes. you when you crossed the line, you yes. stack sacked the yes. quarterback. Like you were like yes. you, you can relive that over and yeah. over. Again. You relive I'm glad I didn't quit. That was right. Real. Yeah. That that you know, twenty seven seconds was took all the glory you needed. To play twenty seven seconds. And man, I'm glad mm-hmm. I didn't quit. You know, you look at all the little angels that showed up in your life that kept you going. Because your mindset mm-hmm. was positive. That's when they show up, and that's when you see it. A lot of times we don't recognize those angels. I call them angels uh, because our mindset's thinking negative. Uh, right. And it's 99% of the time not the truth. You know, mm-hmm. uh, right. What is the truth? What are you doing? What are you doing about it? Are you contributing? Are you moving forward? Are you have that belief? Um, you know, all that. It happens when it's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the movie. If I would have rushed that movie, I have patience. I said, there's no, there's, I can't, I don't have to do this movie now. It's when it's supposed to, when I understand the movie and right. uh, the message, it took time. Just like my speaking it took years for me to develop mm-hmm. my speaking skill. Your, your MO though is patience. Like your, your motto is, is patience, sacrifice, self-awareness mm-hmm. and, and, and ultimately developing 
you know, the self-esteem to go through those, that, that journey, those two years. And then even the years prior where you weren't playing football and you were doing, you know, hard labor mm-hmm. and you were in the Navy, like you, you didn't really have at any point from when you graduated high school up until that moment at the end of Notre Dame, a sweet ride. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it feels like from just a little that I know, like you had to really instill in yourself, like, I'm not going to get what I want unless I'm patient right. and then I can, you know, so is that's is is that would you would you say that that you know the patience and those is is there any other pillars that you maybe held on to yeah alongside that but believing in yourself was the key uh, believing in yourself that belief in yourself and whatever it didn't matter what other people said about you i don't care what you say it doesn't matter it's what i believe in that matters and mm-hmm. I, i'm not i'm not gonna go what you say about me because if you're right. criticizing me, you must be not liking yourself. <laughs> so what? So what do you say about people, especially like mm-hmm. since you've you're now on the other side of it, where you're an adult mm-hmm. and you have all this wisdom? What do you say to people or about people who are in those positions of power and they put a limit on a kid? Like they they tell a kid just because they've seen a certain yeah. amount of them, like yeah, you're only this good, or yeah. you can only be that good, or you're only going to be able to do this, and then you see. You know, the examples I like to use are like Duncan Robinson in the NBA. He went from a D3 national championship to signing the biggest undrafted yeah. NBA contract well, you in know, the I league. So what do you say to those uh, limits? Well, I'm glad you, I, I did address the coach. I saw him you did. treat kids pretty bad if they didn't do the right. So one day, uh, it was at the right time, I say, hey, coach, how important is it for you to win at this age with these kids? Very important. I said, really? You think they're going to remember that game 10 years from now, or are they going to remember you, how you treated them? Think right. about that. Mm-hmm. That's that's your legacy, dude. I mean, that kid's going to think about how you treated them or how you impacted their lives, not whether they won or lost that game. You know, stop it, I said. Build these kids' confidence in who they are. Because just kids. Why do they put them on – why do they put – Especially in your era, why are they? Why do they even want kids on they're the team who are quote unquote walk The kids because they're losers. So the kids are losers. No, or the adults are the losers. The coach is a loser by treating okay. the kid as a loser. He's living yeah. through the kid instead of developing right. the kid and developing them for the future to be better. Father so so he, he, he's taking his own shit out on the kid. One hundred percent. But and and so you think that's why mm-hmm. sometimes or at least to a certain degree that there's that need to have walk on. Don't let the looks of a person confuse you. Don't let the position of a person confuse you. If he's treating you like shit, that means he's living through whatever he's living through. He doesn't have confidence in himself, period. And he's, and he's taking it out on you. He's taking it out on you. The great ones, the great ones will always remind you, you got to work harder and you can Mm. get better. Uh, those are the great coaches. I'm not going to name them, but I know who yeah, they we are. All, we all know the great ones. Yeah. And I know how they treated their teammates. Right. It, it's sad because there's a lot of kids who have big dreams yeah. to, you know, even if they're not, even if they're they're in a situation like yourself where it's like, I just want a moment. I don't care about being an All-American or playing right. in the NFL or anything. I just want to contribute. If they just right? want a moment. Yeah. You know, like I always think about for me, like, and I can laugh about it now, but like, I never hit a Division One three pointer. Yeah. Never did. I only scored two points in my Division One career. I had like maybe two assists, and I never hit a three. And I and the reason that sticks out to me is because I grew up a three point shooter. Like my mo was, yeah. I'm a shooter. So I always hold. I think it's funny because it's like, you know, you can be put in these situations where like if you're not around the right people, you never know. Yeah. You know, you can really be you know, sunken down and sometimes it's completely out of the player's control. I'm not even really talking about myself anymore. Just in general, there's players that get put in these situations where they think it's one thing and then it becomes another. And now you're, and you're still a walk on, you're paying your own mm-hmm. tuition, you're in yeah. debt, you're, you know, you're grinding it out with the rest of these guys. And a lot of times it's just like you said, like you want to quit all the time and it always comes back to like, for what, you know, cause what are, what are the odds? What go back and tell us like, what, what were the odds that what happened for you happened? They were, they're probably, you know, what would you say? It's, what, a a half a percent? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, one out of a million. Yeah, it's, 
I, I look at, as I go through airports today, and I do, I look at all the people. I said, oh, my God, they made my movie, you know? And I'm only one out of millions of people. And uh, maybe on one hand, you can count the movies they made out of individuals, you know? Uh, yeah. Maybe two hands, I don't know. But I can't, you know, but Rudy stands out there. Hey, look, Noah, we're going to go to part two. Gonna, Absolutely. Because yeah. you're awesome, and I love uh, this conversation. Let's continue. I appreciate that. So let's do yeah. one o'clock my time. Per, I can get my workout in. I can look good for you. All, yep. that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my guy. I really appreciate this. I'm looking you're forward awesome, to Thursday. You're awesome, man. Love you, man. All right. We'll Thank you. Appreciate it. All love. Part two coming up, brothers and sisters. Walkie Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.